Boston Celtics beat down the Miami Heat. Maybe their best offensive performance of the year. And whatever Miami threw at them, Kristaps Porzingis was the answer. I'm going to talk about it all and more on this Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rainy J's, how it started, raising banners, how we finish. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast, right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day, and I got you covered every single day, Monday through Friday, plus bonus podcasts like Saturday night after the Celtics play the Clippers. I'll have a podcast for you after that, because I podcast after every single game. So make sure you're subscribed, watch the show on YouTube, hop into the comment section, let me know what you're thinking. I'm pretty sure... The comment section will be devoid of Miami Heat fans because after talking a lot of trash when the Terry Rozier trade came down and a lot of trash about my takes when it came to Terry Rozier, the Celtics went into Miami and decimated them, blew the doors off the Miami Heat, crushed them in every sense of the word. 143, 143 points is so many points to 110, which is also a lot of points, but not as many as 143. I'm John Corrales. For those of you who don't know me, I played a long time ago, and now I'm covering the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. Uh, so subscribe to my stuff over there, too. I had a big breakdown of Kristaps Porzingis and um, just how he was the answer to everything Miami threw at them. And that's going to be the first thing I talk about here. I'll get, I'll get to a lot. There were a lot of big performances. You don't put up 143 points without a lot of big performances. I'll talk about those later and, and all that. But we'll just start with Kristaps Porzingis, who coming in, I wrote in my preview on Boston Sports Journal that he he was the mismatch. He And, and this is how he is on most nights. But you have to flow through them because their biggest guy is, is out of bio. They don't have a ton of size. They're tough. Miami's a tough team. They, you know, added Rozier. They're going to have to figure that out. Still very early in the process, so I'm not going to make a big deal. He had another bad game. He's debuted. He's played two games for Miami. He hasn't played well yet. So, but for the Miami fans who might be here, just know that I expect Terry Rozier to play better, and he is It's a, still a good trade. Side note, just side note. I can't believe how many, how many Heat fans got into the comments and were mad at me for saying it's a good trade and there's the potential for it to end up being uh, typical Miami stuff where they overperform whatever that trade is and we might see them in the conference finals. Like, that that's some sort of insult to them. I don't know. Regardless, they threw everything at the Celtics, Miami did. And Porzingis was... The answer, uh, they started out uh, with man-to-man coverage and just straight man-to-man. And because Porzingis was on the floor, Bam Adebayo couldn't help uh, with protecting the rim. So straight man-to-man, 
because they are who they are, uh, Porzingis was out on the perimeter. Adebayo had to worry about him. He really reacted strongly to Porzingis getting that three-point shot, and that kind of set the tone. Celtics knew, all right, they are worried about Porzingis. It's kind of like throwing a, a, a receiver in motion in football. When they saw Adebayo's reaction, they go, oh, okay, gotcha. It told them a lot. And so right away, the next play, Jason Tatum just goes at Hayward Highsmith and backs him down with no resistance. The Celtics were spaced well. They had Jalen Brown, Drew Holiday, and Derek White. Brown and, and, and um, Derek White were in the corners. Holiday was above the break. Plenty of spacing. And Porzingis was at the top of the key. And Bam Adebayo didn't even leave, bother to leave Porzingis, didn't even bother to feign any help. So Tatum drove in, you know, back down Highsmith and got, got the foul. So that right away you're seeing, okay, they're worried about Porzingis. He's going to help space the floor. He's going to let these guys, he's going to make these guys' lives easier. So then Miami throws a, a switching defense. They say, okay, well, we cannot have the Celtics because Porzingis is on the floor, cannot let them drive like crazy. We've got to start switching. And when they switched, Porzingis just took the smaller matchup into the post and scored right away, scored, baby hook, boom. And he still had passing options all over the floor. They threw, uh, the Celtics went double big. You throw uh, Al Horford into the mix. Now you put Al Horford into the mix and you say, okay, Bam Adebayo, maybe Miami's going to count on Horford running out of gas, but he's not playing a ton of minutes. The One of the unheralded, under-discussed elements of Porzingis being here uh, in Boston uh, and, and Horford having to come off the bench is that Horford's playing a fraction of the minutes that he was playing last year. Right, He's playing, I think, 10 maybe 10 minutes less per game, seven, somewhere between seven and 10. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but uh, he's, he's playing a lot less, which means he's going to have a lot more in the tank when the playoffs come around, which means probably I'm assuming that the shots won't stop falling for him. So this is something when it comes to like Miami or any other team that says, well, Horford has, ran out of gas in the playoffs and the shots started to, to, to go away. If you want to help off of Horford this time around in the playoffs, do so at your own risk, because part of what the Celtics are doing with Porzingis and part of the minutes distribution because of Porzingis is Horford's not playing as much and he should be fresher. So anyway, Horford's on the floor and he still requires a lot of attention. So Jimmy Butler picked up Porzingis and he scored two straight baskets. Boom, boom. Jumpers over Porzingis. I mean, over, over Butler. They went zone and he got a wide open jumper. This is all in the first half. Wide open jumper in, in the middle of the paint that he just missed. That's a shot that they're going to... The Celtics, if you sign them up and you say, every time Miami plays zone, you're going to get this Kristaps Porzingis jumper a step in from the free throw line. They'll be like, yes, please. If that's how you're going to defend Porzingis, yes, please. And then they played the drop coverage and he was wide open on the, uh, on the perimeter there. 
So by the half, we had man-to-man, -man, we had switching, we had the drop coverage, we had uh, zone, and then you had a double big that forced Miami to make a decision. I don't know, man. I'm not saying this Celtics game was a statement game because they won by 33 points. That's not the statement game because th that happens, right? The Celtics, you could say they made a statement against the Indiana Pacers and the Pacers came back and, and just fine. This is not a statement. You don't make statement games in January, right? The only statement you can make is with the type of things you do on the floor. And so this was a statement game in the sense of Eric Spolstra Here's, here's, you threw everything at the Celtics. Not everything, right? They, Spolster's a freaking genius. Like he, he's got plenty. I'm sure that he can, he can kind of wrinkles that he can go to that he'll try when it matters. Like right now he threw a lot at the Celtics, but the message is still clear. The statement is still made. You threw a ton at the Celtics, different kinds of man to man zone drop everything you could with Porzingis on the floor, he beat it all. So that's your challenge, Miami. That's your challenge, Eric Spolstra. All Miami has been fantastic at baiting Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown into situations where they're in the, they, they've just been drawn into the teeth of the defense. Miami has, has been very good at defending those two guys generally because they're creative. They understand tendencies. They understand what the options are on Boston and they understand what Jalen and Jason are trying to do. And what they've done is work all of that to their favor. Now the Celtics got Porzingis after losing to Miami, the Celtics went out and said, we can't do this again. We need a change. Brad Stevens went and got Kristaps Porzingis specifically with Miami fresh in his mind. Now you see why. Now you see it. Everything Miami threw at Boston, Porzingis was the answer. That's my biggest takeaway from this game. Now, the Celtics' offense was spectacular. I think this was their best shot-generating game of the season. I'll explain why in just a second. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at eBay Motors. They've partnered, partnered up with Josh Lloyd, host of Locked On Fantasy Basketball, to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week. Whether you're prepping for the daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to give you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked. For this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. We're starting out with John Conchar, a name that a lot of Celtics fans have brought up in trades, potential trades, with Grizzlies rotations up in the air. Conchar is getting minutes and producing at the moment. So this is probably why people have brought him up. Memphis is struggling, although they're – okay, I'll just leave it at that. They're struggling they're, this season in general. Conchar is a guy that might be available. So right now, as a member of the Memphis Grizzlies, maybe worth a pickup. So Celtics fans who are looking at Conchar as a potential trade chip, this, this could work against you because Memphis could sit there and say, we're not actually blowing it up. We're not actually going to become sellers this year because you're getting, uh, you're, you're getting John Morant back. You're getting Marcus Smart back. You're getting Desmond Bain back at some point to start like next season. So chalk up this season. Don't start trading away all these guys because you suck. Uh, 
bring him back and maybe you give it a go next year. So for now, I think Conchar might be sticking with the Grizzlies, and this is why Josh tells you why. Brandon Miller could see an uptick in usage with Terry Rozier gone. Jabari Walker uh, has a fairly solid role for the rest of the season and can put up double-doubles. Patrick Williams with Zach Levine out. Uh, gets a minute in usage bump there, so he, maybe he's a guy that you pick up. And Nick Richards, because Mark Williams doesn't appear to be coming back anytime soon, Richards is going to have an extended run at center, putting up solid fantasy numbers in the process. Josh Lloyd from Lockdown Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. It's the same with your car. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it, and with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Thank you for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. Go check out Lockdown Sports Today, the first ever 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. So go put it on, leave it on, experience sports talk as it's meant to be, not the fake crap that's supposed to just entice you to call in or yell at the TV. Real sports talk, real stories. It's a lot of fun over there on Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube. This was an incredible offensive performance. The Celtics shot 63.7%, 55% from three. And I think this is their absolute best shot generation game of the season. What does that mean, John? Shot generation is creating opportunities, creating these good looks. You know what I'm talking about when I explain this. Celtics have had a lot of games, especially last season, not so much this season, mostly last season and, and before that, where they put up a ton of threes. And you're like, why did they shoot so many threes? Why did they settle for so many threes? And their their answer was, they were open looks. They were good looks. And I, I probably talked about it a, a million times on this podcast. I've written about it, all that stuff, where... Yeah, technically they were good looks, but you didn't even probe the defense. You didn't work the ball around and blah, 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 blah. You've heard that podcast from me hundreds of times, right? This was not that. The Celtics shot 43 pointers and 42 pointers. And you say 40, man, that's a lot of three pointers, but they generated, they created through their ball movement, 35 assists in this game. They generated Good looks all over the floor. The shot distribution is really good. 16 shots in the restricted area, 12 in the paint non-restricted, 12 mid-range, 13 corner three-pointers, and then 27 above the break three-pointers. So all of those numbers are pretty close to one another. The above the break, we just have to understand that the Celtics are kind of by nature, by the, the style, and above-the-break team. Pick and pop with Porzingis and Horford is always going to lead to an above-the-break three. Kickouts, drive and kick. The Celtics drive, kick it to the corner. Yeah, that's going to that's gonna get you a few three-pointers, but there's going to be a reaction to the corner, so it's going to be swing-swing, and a lot of times swing-swing leads to an above-the-break three. They love their pull-up threes in transition. 
uh, early offense. So a lot of those will generate more above the break three pointers than corner three pointers. And generally speaking, there's they're going to be more above the break three pointers anyway because above the break there's a lot more area. Corner threes are a very specific small little slice in the corners. It's the most coveted shot in basketball. But regardless, that's why there's a a, a lot more above the break. But otherwise. 16 restricted, 12 paint, non-restricted, 12 mid-range, 13 corner. That's incredible shot distribution that the Celtics got through cutting, driving. Like I said, with the Porzingis, like the space, they took advantage of the space. Was it perfect? No, there's no such thing as a perfect basketball game. But the, the driving, the attacking recognizing where the mismatch was, recognizing where the space was. The Celtics did a great job of creating these shots. Are they going to shoot this well? Are they going to shoot this absurd percentage <laughs> the entire, uh, every time they do this? No, no one shoots 64%. This, this was, by all accounts, I believe, the most efficient game in NBA history, the most efficient shooting performance in NBA history. They missed, uh, let's see, 51 of 80. So that's 29 shots. They were 22 of 40, 55%. They were 19 of 20 from the free throw line. They are just, are the advanced numbers out yet? Yeah, let's see here. The effective field goal percentage was 775 that takes into account effective field goal percentage is weighted to add for the extra point that the three-pointers get. True shooting percentage actually involves um, your free throws as well, and your true shooting percentage was 80.5%. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Because the Celtics were able to generate a lot of good looks. And when you generate those shots, when you when you are moving the ball, when you're looking for your teammates, when you trust your teammates, that's going to get you higher than normal shooting percentages in general. That's typically going to be when you have your best shooting nights. And again, shooting like this is an absolute aberration. Absolute aberration. Oh, and they had 36 assists. They changed it after the game. My original box score had 35. Great. So they had 36 assists in this game. Uh, they were spectacular. And you go top to bottom. Everybody, no one got more than 15 shots. So to put up this many, and, and only 80 shots in general, they got to the line 20 times. But 80 shots, that's for a team that played at the pace that the Celtics played at early on. I'm surprised that they only got the 80 shots. Again, some of those free throws, they were shot attempts that got you know fouled, so they don't count as field goal attempts. But regardless, uh, it's hard it's hard to put up uh, an offensive clinic like this. But with Porzingis leading the way, with good shot attempts from the three point shooters and the drives, that was spectacular. Um, I'm impressed. I'm impressed how the Celtics came in and handled their business and what I was expecting from Miami. They didn't give Boston just came in and said, we are setting the tone. 
we are setting the bar pretty high. They came in, aside from the backcourt violation, four seconds into the game, which I thought at first I was like, oh, no. Is this going to be how this game goes? Is this going to be like a trippy, lack of focus thing that's going to happen? And it's like, yeah, nope, nope. Forget, forget about that almost immediately. So I'm, I'm just, I, I was expecting Miami to come in and throw a big haymaker right away. And they didn't because Boston didn't let them. The, they played with incredible pace early on. They moved the ball well. They pushed the ball after makes, after misses. They were constantly looking for the kick ahead, the pitch ahead. They were really trying to push the ball. You didn't see them walk the ball up the floor a ton. It was always probe, probe, probe. And that's where advantages are found. You push, you you get into the teeth of the defense, you make somebody pick somebody up, you make Tyler Hero pick up somebody, you make you know one of their lesser defenders pick up somebody, somebody's going to get cross-matched, and Boston has a size advantage. And with Rozier, they, they definitely have a size advantage. So... That advantage is across the board, and so whenever you push the ball, you're going to have a mismatch. Let's get into some of the other big performances, because basically everybody had a big performance. I'll talk about each of these guys who played incredibly well uh, when I come back. Today's show is brought to you by Grammarly. I can't tell you how many times Grammarly is bailing me out, uh, especially after tonight's game, my game story. <laughs> I, I turned on Grammarly when I was done writing and just red underlines and blue underlines all over the place to let me know, Hey, John, you did not write this very well. Let's help you out here. And that's, that's the, the biggest thing that Grammarly can do. It cleaned up some sentences. It put periods and commas where they were supposed to be where I didn't have them. It really is kind of a, a little bit of a cheat code. It's my Christophs Porzingis to make sure that what I'm writing, the thoughts that are in my head as I'm like slamming down everything, it just helps me get them organized. But you're not using Grammarly exactly like I am because I'm writing these game stories. Maybe you're using them for reports. Maybe you're using them for emails. Maybe you're using them in some other way. Grammarly can help you do even more because with one click, you can easily brainstorm, rewrite, reply with suggestions based on your context and goals. So you can improve productivity for you and your teams. They've been using this AI technology for over 10 years. So when you're stuck with writing at work, Grammarly can help you get started with ideas, outlines, and even tips. You can polish your writing like I need it to. It can help paraphrase and rewrite and be more concise. You can set your voice. You can let it know if you want to be more casual, more business-like, all of that stuff. If you need to get through emails quicker, Grammarly can help you summarize your emails and provide suggestions on how to reply in just seconds. So whatever it is, if you've got a big presentation coming up, if you need to draft an important email and you kind of don't know where to start, Grammarly can get you jump started with suggestions. And the best part, it's free. It's easy to use. It's free to use. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free today. Grammarly, G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com slash podcast. Go ahead. Start being more productive at work. Thank you for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Go check out Locked On NBA, where they're going to be talking about the league as a whole, maybe talking about the new NBA champs, the NBA belt champions, I should say, the Indiana Pacers who beat the Philadelphia 76ers. 
plenty of uh, fun over there at Locked On NBA. I host on Wednesdays with Jake Madison. Go check it out wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, like I said before, Celtics got a ton of big performances. Jalen Brown early on, awesome. 18 points. He shot 64%. Four of eight from three. And that was with forcing a couple of shots. One of my favorite things from Jalen Brown is, okay, he forced a couple. He, he took a couple of heat checks. But then after that, this is in the third quarter, okay, took a couple of heat checks. And I even wrote in my live blog on, you know, I keep a live blog during games on Boston Sports Journal. And I said, okay, two heat checks for Jalen Brown. I'm done with the heat checks. I need to see him start moving the ball more. And what do he do? He hits Luke Cornett for a couple of alley-oops. And that, that kind of, that's part of where the Celtics really blew the game open. I thought the Celtics, uh, you know, they came out with good purpose. Uh, in the second quarter, they 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 slipped. The defense kind of fell apart. I thought the 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 defense was mostly good in this game. Second quarter stretch where it wasn't, and the lead cut down to seven. And but then after that, got pushed up to thirteen, and with a nice answer in the second quarter. And then in that third quarter, that stretch, especially down down the end there, they they put this thing, basically put this thing away. And Jalen Brown to Luke Cornett was, was big. I didn't even mention that Kristaps Porzingis hurt his ankle in this game because it wasn't that big of a deal. I don't know if he's going to miss Saturday's game against the Clippers. He said after the game, he felt fine, but uh, you know, the game was over. He could have gone in if they needed him to. Uh, we'll see what happens if it feels worse tomorrow. Sprained ankles always feel worse the next day. Getting up on a plane, pressurized cabin that tends to, you know, you, if you watch the broadcast, listen to the players talk, listen to Reggie Miller talk. When you get onto the plane, you pressurize that cabin, that ankle is going to swell up because that's, that's kind of what happens. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. Maybe he misses one or two games. Who knows? But it's not that bad. He said after the game, he felt, he felt okay. Uh, but Luke Cornett came in at that stretch and was, was really, uh, really good. Got himself into into spots. Joe Mazzulla said after the game that you know he recognized how he was being defended. He got into the right spots and he got the ball. Perfect. Uh, I thought the rebounding was really good. Before I get into other players, the Miami had 13 second chance points and a bunch of those were garbage time. Like a few of those were garbage time. So I think it was less than 10 second chance points throughout the first three plus quarters. It basically boiled down to. When Miami made their run, they were hitting a bunch of shots. The defense kind of slipped, and they were hitting a bunch of shots. If Miami wasn't hitting shots, they weren't scoring, right? They it, it wasn't like one of those games where they missed two, three shots, but they got two, three rebounds, and then they end up scoring. Boston did a good job of clearing it away and generally limiting them to one shot. So either the shot went in or it didn't. And if it didn't, it was Boston ball. That's huge because the way Boston was shooting, the, the way Boston's offense was clicking, Miami could barely put a run together. So the rebound I thought was rebounding I thought was really good and is worth uh worth mentioning. Uh Jason Tatum was the only guy of of the regulars who shot below 50%. Uh and if he only hit one more shot, he was 7 of 15. If it was 8 of 15, it would have been over 50%. 3 of 7 from 3, 9 of 10 from the line. He's the only guy who missed the free throw. 8 rebounds for him, 4 assists. 26 points overall. Just a nice game from him. 
nothing spectacular, nothing crazy, but he, you know, attacked, drew the fouls, did a good job. This is exactly the type of spread out, well-distributed game. Porzingis, I mentioned he had 19 points, four rebounds. He shot six of nine. That's it. Six of nine, three of four from three. When he's hitting the three pointers like this, it's a wrap. Yeah, four free throws from him. The combination of Drew Holiday and Derek White, uh, this is your starting backcourt because their numbers were extraordinarily similar. 32 combined points, 11 combined rebounds, 11 combined assists, three blocks. The Celtics turned the ball over 11 times. Okay. They didn't turn the ball, they didn't turn Miami over much, only four for Miami. But uh, the backcourt, Holiday was, he only missed once. One shot, uh, 17, five and five for him, 15, six and six for Derek white, who shot 50% overall. He had that one stretch where he got two offensive rebounds early in the game. Just really, really worked hard to, to get that put back. Uh, he also had that one chase down rear view block, uh, that came after Jalen Brown kind of steal in, in the backcourt for, uh, you know, kind of laying in wait and waiting for a lazy cross-court pass, and he just jumped it. It's like the second or third time he's done that this season. So that's going to become his version of the Alvarado. If you don't know what the Alvarado is, it's Jose Alvarado from the New Orleans Pelicans who kind of like kind of hides on the baseline and then runs behind somebody and steals it in the backcourt after the inbounds. So this is kind of Jalen's version of that. So the starters, every starter played great. Al Horford, low-key, great game. Hauser hit a couple of shots. Uh, was was pretty good. Peyton Pritchard hit some shots, you know, especially early on along the baseline, some two-point shots. 11, 11 three and three for him. <clears throat> Excuse me, Cornette, like I mentioned, 12 points on a perfect four, four plus four free throws. He had five rebounds. Overall, just top to bottom, great game. Top to bottom, great game. And I'm not making this, I'm not turning this into just make miss league stuff. They shot well because they moved the ball well. They defended mostly well, I think. Again, bad stretches, but the rebounding was important. They, I think they they did a, just an overall good job defensively, and they came in with the right attitude. They played with a good purpose. This was a really, really, really good game for them. Miami on the back-to-back struggled. Hey, whatever. Boston wins the season series against Miami. Now has a chance to sweep it in two, three weeks when – Miami comes to town. So that'll be fun. I will be here. Obviously, I will be there covering it. I'm at every home game. So uh, I will be there this Saturday when the Celtics play the Clippers. I will have a bonus podcast for you after that. So subscribe. Open up whatever your favorite podcasting app is. Subscribe there so you get this podcast directly to your device. Subscribe on YouTube. Ring the bell. Get notified when I drop a new video. Hop into the comments section. Let me know what you think of what I've said. Let me know what you think of Miami Heat fans. Let me know what you think of the game in general. All of that stuff. If you're new, I love you. Thank you so much for joining me. If you're a regular, if you're one of my everydayers here with me Monday through Friday, I really love you. You're the best. So if you're at the arena, come say hi. Section 19 is the media section. Come say hi. Take a picture, whatever you want. We'll chat it up a little bit. Then I would also love you to Share the podcast, spread the word, tell everybody they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here in the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day.